Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Tuesday, July the 26th, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, motley, which means made up of different people or things. Motley. Hope everyone is enjoying their Tuesday or will enjoy their Tuesday, I should say. Uh, back to work I go. My vacation is over. Done. Ah, well, it was good while it lasted. I certainly did get a chance to relax and just uh, enjoy myself. Uh, like I said, do everything I wanted to do <laughs> for a change. It was my vacation. It was my time. It was much needed. I mean, hey, uh, after being locked down for two years, dealing with COVID and just uh, general life in general, just day-to-day dealings, I needed that time. I needed it. Oh, so bad. I just did. Just did. Thoroughly enjoyed myself. And uh, as for the weather here in North Carolina, we all know the hot topic. No pun intended. The heat. The heat. The heat. But they're saying today is going to be a bit milder in the 90s, if you can say that. <laughs> uh, in the 90s with uh, some thunderstorms later on this afternoon and evening. Uh, yesterday, a round came through, and I was fortunate enough. Uh, I was sitting on the back porch, just sitting there thinking, relaxing, and in came the rain and the thunder. Very soothing and relaxing. Nothing like a good old-fashioned summer thunderstorm to let you just uh, sit there and think and and gather your thoughts. And that's exactly what I did yesterday. Um, I enjoyed that also. Just did. Perfect way to end a vacation. I gotta say, I gotta say, I gotta say. And those wildfires out west, man, they are scorching the earth. But they're saying they, uh, the one that's near Yosemite National Park, they're saying they, they are gaining ground. They're getting control of it. Uh, man, these wildfires, every summer we hear about this. Many are saying uh, climate change and global warming uh, could be, or just could be one of those things that nature does. Just could be, could be. We will see what uh, happens with that. But man, yeah, those wildfires, boy, they are scorching the earth bad. Man, they don't care. They will not let up. They will not. All right, looks like, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this story, and I heard it, and I was like, wow. Talk about a freak accident. It appears a 73-year-old woman was stabbed in the groin area while standing on a boat about two miles off of uh, St. Lucie. That's down in an inlet in Florida last week. Now, apparently, uh, it was one of, I guess it was one of those uh, chartered fishing boats, and apparently an angler was trying to reel in an estimated 100-pound fish, sailfish, you know, those things with those long, uh, they call them, uh, what do they call them? They call them, um, I can't think of what, bills, but it looks like a long short, uh, sword along with that, you know, you got the sailfish, this fish, the uh, swordfish, and then you have the marlin. Well, apparently this angler was pulling, trying to get this thing in, and the sailfish, it began to charge toward the boat. Now, this 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 sailfish, which, by the way, 
uh, they're saying it's estimated. Some are saying this is the fastest fish in the ocean. So while he's pull, trying to pull it in, it came towards the boat and then jumped and then stabbed this lake. This 73-year-old woman. Man. Now, uh, there are two men on the boat. They immediately applied pressure until she could be taken to a local hospital. She's in good condition. But man, that would, <laughs> that would freak me out. I love the water. I just do. I just do. But uh, man, seeing that, wow. And, and I always wanted to go on one of those deep sea fishing uh, trips. And, and I am. I, I, I am. I, I just am. But I'll certainly be looking out for our, uh, looking out for sailfish. Man, a 100-pound sailfish leaps in the air onto the boat and ends up stabbing this woman. Like I said, she's in good condition. Uh, she said that it happened so fast, she just didn't have time to react. Well, yeah, that's a fish. You're out on the water. That is their environment. <laughs> that's their home. Um so it's going to protect itself, or they, as fish, they're going to protect themselves at any and all costs. Man, boy, that, yeah, that would freak me out totally. <laughs> that would, that would, that would, that would freak me completely out. Uh, it appears also uh, W the, the WNBA star Brittany Griner is due back in court, and she's uh, expected to be cross-examined tomorrow. But she was in court today or, well, you know, Russia's a half a mile away. So uh, she was in court today and, and the prosecutor is is pretty much saying that she intentionally bought that, those fake cartridges, trying to flee the country, I guess. So she's going to be cross-examined tomorrow. Uh, of course, you know, uh, her family and teammates and certain politicians and political activists are calling for her to be bought back home. They're saying she's being used as a political pawn. Well, if you think about it, uh, sad as it is to say, it couldn't have happened at a better time for Russia. With what, you know, their, their uh, little war in the Ukraine. So yeah, maybe she is a political pawn. Just is. Maybe she is. Man, uh, I, I can't, I still... Still not sure why she had those uh, uh, cartridges, but what, one thing that came out is that uh, she did have a prescription for medical marijuana because of her se severe pain. I, I guess she had a, a back injury or, or something, or leg injury. So she did have a prescription for medical marijuana, but apparently, I guess that doesn't fly too well in Russia. I mean... These are things I would think you would know and check and recheck before you go over there. You are going to a foreign land. I mean, hey, it just is. Even lowly old me, when I was in the Navy, we were always told every port we went into, we, we, we would give it a brief, dis, brief uh, intake of, of what port we were going into, their laws, their regulations, what we could and couldn't do, how we could be possibly disrespectful or respectful. These are things that we were just taught just in the Navy. Uh, I, I got to say, and this is just anybody that's traveling to a foreign land, you, you, you can't go over there and act like you, you don't have any sense. You can't go over there and bring your rules and laws into another place the same way they can't come over here and do that. They just can't. 
So whether or not uh, she had that prescription for medical marijuana or whether or not she had those uh, bait cartridges and forgot that they were on her person, uh, you got to be more careful. Uh, Self-preservation comes to mind. You got to take care of yourself. So that means you have to do a little bit more research and uh, do a little bit more research. Find out what's going on. Find, find out what's acceptable and unacceptable when you go to these foreign lands. <laughs> yeah, I remember we were told, look, if you go here or go there or wherever we're at and you get into some problem, you will be left here. We'll let the State Department figure it out and you will be charged with missing ships movement. <laughs> Man, so um, well, we'll, we'll I'll continue to keep you guys updated on that to see what's going on with her. Yeah, she's going to be cross-examined tomorrow. Man, I wonder how that's going to go. Uh, she did plead guilty uh, earlier this month, and her her reason was, uh, like I said, she forgot that she had a moment. Got to be more careful. Got to be more careful. I'm sure after this, she she will. She, I mean, this is uh. This is one of those learning experiences that we go through as human beings. Gotta be careful. Gotta self-preservation. Check yourself first before you check anyone else. Just do. Just do. All right. Let's go get it. Well, last week, uh, like I said, I haven't been talking to you guys in a while. I've been on vacation. But uh, at the beginning or near the start of my vacation, uh, Governor Cooper and the North Carolina State Attorney General uh, Josh Stein met with police chiefs from around the state of some of the uh, some of the cities and towns and counties that has seen an increased amount of gun violence. And, you know, hey, the conversation was, of course, how do we curb this gun violence? How do we strengthen the gun laws in the state? Now, the governor says, based off the data, there was a rise in gun sales during the pandemic. I'm still not. I'm still trying to figure out, figure that one out. Maybe I'm slow to the draw. No pun intended, of course. But uh, as to why people would be sitting around during a pandemic going out buying guns, maybe they thought there was some sort of civil war or civil unrest that was going to come about. But I don't know. I, I can't understand that one. I just can't. Maybe that's just me. That's just me. So he's saying that um, that the, the rise in gun sales during the pandemic was alarming. And of course, you know, one of the topics, there were many topics on the, uh, the table, but one of the topics that I found very, very interesting, you know, I'm always going out on that proverbial limb by myself. I am a lone wolf. But one of the topics as they address this gun violence and, and and the surge and, 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 and strengthening the gun laws in this country was uh, the topic of police vacancies. And this is going on throughout the state, uh, throughout the country. Even. We all know. Uh, and, and of course, like I said, the police vacancies and how to uh, ramp up recruitment and retention. Yeah. Needs to be done. Now here in Durham, just to bring it home to you uh, in April of this year, there were 102 vacancies in Raleigh. Uh, same time, April of this year, there was 168 vacancies. And 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 what's surprising or not so surprising in the triad 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 area? I'm sorry, I can't get it out of North Carolina. That's going to be your High Point, your Greensboro, your Winston Salem. 
they have seen an increase in crime and gun violence also. So in May of uh, this year, they had uh, High Point had 30 open positions. And also in May of this year, Greensboro graduated 27 new officers. Now in 2020, they had they graduated 17. So they're 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 ramping up their uh, recruitment and retention. Now, Winston-Salem's police chief. Now, Winston-Salem sits out there in the western part, you know, where like Greensboro and High Point. Winston-Salem sits out there in the western part of the country, uh, western part of the state, I'm sorry, where, you know, hey, as you're going towards the mountains, you'll pass through Winston-Salem. Uh, at one point in time, Winston-Salem, I, I, it was pretty quiet. It was, it was a country town. But the police chief, uh, and I found this, I was like, wow, whoa, in Winston-Salem, little old Winston-Salem, what did I miss? But apparently Winston-Salem is is is, rep, is it's, it's growing, its population is booming, along with uh, Greensboro and High Point. But the Winston-Salem police chief said that they have confiscated 1,000 or more guns per year over the last three years. Wow, in Winston-Salem? country was the same so that's an indication for me or or for many of us that's telling us that this thing just isn't in the little uh you know the little big cities here in north carolina it's happening down in, in the little small towns in the counties we do have a problem here in this country and and, and more specifically in this state with um guns man so uh, another thing that was on the table or another topic also was, uh, of course, you know, for, for strengthening these gun laws was uh, a mental, mental health evaluation. And also adding to the police forces, they wanted those mental health counselors. You know, those are the, that's like here in Durham, they have the unarmed uh, mental health crisis intervention specialists or however you word it. Uh, they're saying that they're looking at this and they're saying, hey, if Durham is successful with it, we might as well tag along also. Now, uh, well, side note, uh, you know, those men, those unarmed crisis specialist interventions, they've been happy. They, they do have some positions in some of the bigger cities like in Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York and D.C. Uh, they have had some success and they have had some problems and failures. Uh, I can remember uh, earlier this year, I want to say it was in Baltimore that that one of those uh, intervention specialists, unarmed intervention specialists was killed. So I, I, I understand the premise, but at the same time, you, you, you got to say, I, I, I just believe there needs to be an officer there somehow, some way or close by that can help whenever there's a distressful situation, a stressful situation. Because they are having some success and they are having some failures also. They just are. Now let's get back to the, the topics that were discussed. Uh, of course, you know there was uh, the there's the push to raise the age to per purchase these assault rifles. They, they want to raise it to 21. And of course, you know there's the stronger and longer background checks. I give you that. I'll give you that. And I understand the, the, the premise and mindset for uh, strengthening these gun laws here in this country and in the state. But the, the thing I have with it most is, um, 
as far as as us, and when I say us, I mean the citizens here that stay in these inner cities that are experiencing, well, a continuation of gun violence because uh, even though the numbers say there is an uptick uh, in there quite possibly could be, I don't know how that correlates with just a, a regular old inner city shooting as opposed to what we've been seeing now with these lone thimble brain simpletons going into places of business or going out to events and just start shooting up. I don't know if they're uh, combining that with what we know on the streets is just regular old gun violence. But I really, I, I under, like I said, I understand the premise behind it. Yes, there does need to be some changes in how people can obtain guns. But one thing that I really haven't heard anyone talk about or dive into is the problem with the inner city and these illegally purchased goods. And when I say illegally, I mean those that are, uh, of course, the guns, you know, somebody, there might be a guy who has some guns and he's selling it. They may have been stolen or he could have purchased them somehow, some way, and then came back and started selling them. That for us and the, the, what they term the inner city, the black community, that's a huge problem. And no one's really talking about it. I hear more and more about uh, gun rights for those that are purchasing these guns the right way. You're really not dealing with the ones that are purchasing these guns illegally that are, are, are breaking in the cars or breaking in the homes and snatching the guns and then they take them back to their gang or group or whatever or, or either they sell them or to whoever or whomever they want to. There really hasn't been a, a are the numbers low for those that, 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 that are just illegally uh, purchasing and obtaining firearms as opposed to those that are legally purchasing firearms are the numbers that off? Is there more a concern for those that are legally purchasing versus those that are legally, illegally purchasing guns or obtaining guns? Just a question that I have. Just a thought. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to cast any dispersion on the, the, the plight of those that are fighting for better gun control and new gun control laws and, and the things they want to put on the books as far as the mental health uh checks and an evaluation and the extensive longer background checks. But I got to say, what about those that are illegally purchased? What are you guys going to do about that? Is it something that needs to be handled at the community level? Hmm. Maybe. Just maybe. I I, I don't know. I, I can offer just, just something that I, I was questioning because as a black male who stays in, 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 you know, in the black community, I just feel as though that has never really, and, and honestly, it hasn't really been addressed, these illegal firearms. And why is there a push to go towards those that, or go directly to those that are legally purchasing, purchasing these firearms? And, and I know you're going to say, hey, what about those you know, at 18, you know, these fools that have these assault rifles that, like I said, go out into these places of business or businesses at, or to these events and just starting. Yeah, that's a huge problem. That needs to be addressed also. But for the safety and, and well-being of us in the black community that aren't participants in this nonsense, this gang violence, this this regular everyday, these stick up kids, uh, 
we need a little bit of reassurance too. We need to know what you're going to do about that. How many boots you want to put on the ground to deal with that? Like that police chief said in Winston-Salem, we've confiscated 1,000 guns for three years. That's 3,000 guns in one year in little old Winston-Salem. Well, maybe little old Winston-Salem ain't so little anymore. Looks like they're stepping into the big times in a big way. That kind of, That blew me. That blew my mind right there to hear her say that. Man, well, I think when I go through Winston-Salem, when I make my way to the mountains, I think I'll drive through with my windows up and the doors locked. <laughs> Very much like I do through Durham and Raleigh. Good Lord, what is going on in this country, man? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It was no slight to Winston-Salem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. It just is. Certainly doesn't need that gun violence. But yeah, that along with uh, these recruitment efforts, you got to put more boots on the ground to combat these illegally purchased guns. Like I said, I, I, I know there are cases and there are instances, but for me as a black male, my biggest concern and my biggest problem is for those fools that are out here just randomly shooting into crowds with people that are innocent that are just trying to make it through their life and ended up end up getting hurt or killed jesse is and that usually comes from illegally purchased guns because those now this is a common sense thing for me those that legally purchase guns they aren't going to go out and do drive-bys they aren't going to go out and be stick-up kids and they aren't just going to start shooting into crowds of people because they have a tiff with them. Why? Because that gun is legally registered and they know full well that it, not quite possibly, but it could be traced back to them. So they aren't doing it that, they're not going to do that, that foolishness. It's those that have those illegal guns. That's the problem. That's the problem for me. I'm sorry, it just is. It just is. What are we as a community, and what are you guys as elected officials going to do about these illegally purchased guns that are being used by gang members, stick-up kids, drug dealers, whatever the scourge of our society is, what is being done with that? Because it seems like it's a more concentrated, horned-in effort on those that are legally purchasing guns. Uh, sounds like something political. Because every so often around time when it's time for an election, whether it be a primary or, or, or a general election, everybody starts talking about gun reform. Got one coming up in November. Got another one coming up in 2024. But there's always talk of gun reform. Uh, gun reform, yeah, it may be needed. But I think we re they really need to tackle this issue that is going on in minority communities. Those that have illegal weapons, those felons that are in possession of these illegal weapons. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a thing where they can't do anything until they actually catch them. I don't know. <laughs> it's news to me, just is. It is news to me. So uh, during this meeting also, like I said, there was a huge push for recruitment and retention. So how are they going to combat that? By, of course, raising the salary 
finding some more incentives to keep these police officers on the force. It it sounds like, uh, I got to be honest, I can remember, and I know you guys do also, a year or so ago when that defund campaign came out, it looks like it's come back to bite us in our asses. It just has. We we spent the entire summer and, and part of the year ranting and raving about police brutality and police misconduct and police overreach. Defund them, defund them, defund them. Don't give them any more money for, for uh, raises or salary. Cut their budget. Replace them with these unarmed crisis intervention specialists. But now we see and now we know that was not a good move. If you wanted the unarmed crisis intervention specialists, you should have worked them into the budget along with the regular police officers. I'm just sorry. Now, maybe in some bigger cities, but here, and, 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 and I can tell you firsthand here in Durham, it seemed like it was instantaneous. As soon as the, the fund came on, and as soon as the, the former police chief went to the Durham City Council two times and asked for two things to help, shot spotter system, which now the Durham City Council is looking at seriously to implementing. Ah, how surprising. And, and a raise for the police officers, which now the Durham Police, the Durham City Council is looking into increasing the pay. Huh, how surprising. I wonder why. Because you pretty much gave an open book for criminals to do what the hell they wanted. And the regular degular citizens are paying for it. Because I really don't think, and I can I can tell you firsthand, Quite a few folks I talked to when that defund thing came through for Durham Police Department, uh, regular old folks, black and white, young and old, female and male, gay or straight, were saying, wait a minute, no, not here in Durham, not the Bull City. And same thing was going on in Raleigh. You defunded the police. Now you have this problem. It's a huge problem. Crime is up. Gun violence is up. Gang activity is up. Robberies are up, all because you wanted to join this national campaign to defund. And now you want to hold these fact-finding special meetings to talk about the problems. We know what the problems are. We know what the damn problem is. It's you guys. And your implementations of these these butt-backward laws and and whatever you call it, where you defunded the police and now everyone is in a tight spot. Uh, like I've said before, I really and truly think, uh, especially here, the citizens of Durham, uh, that city council needs to be revamped from the inside out. Get them all out. <laughs> because now they're backtracking and they're backtracking because what they're realizing, there's a larger number of registered voters that are saying no. Your policy and your thinking has led us into a complete and utter mess. Yeah, I think uh, they got to go. They got to go. And, 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 I, and I didn't mean to tear off into this tirade, but it just had to be said. That defunding was just foolish. Apparently not just here in Durham, but throughout a lot of other cities here in North Carolina, because their police force are stra police forces are strapped. They're trying to get more people in. They're trying to in incentivize them with higher pay. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I know Durham, more specifically, 
their uh, recruitment numbers were down for a while, even before the fund came along, because they weren't giving out pay raises like that. That Durham City Council, even before the fund came along, uh, however many city councils ago, they were saying, no, we're not giving you any more money. Hmm. Like I said, it looks like those uh, elected officials that have been elected into power have uh, pretty much screwed us over. They just have. They just have. And, and it's pretty sad. It's pretty pathetic. But now everybody wants to backtrack. Now everybody needs the police. Didn't need them two years ago. Didn't want them around you. Now you need them. Age old saying, you don't need the police till you need the police. Then they're your friends. <laughs> wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Uh, good luck with that, with these local municipalities and this recruitment of police officers and retaining them. Because as you and I both know, you're not only going to have to come up off of some money, but you're going to have to show them a whole lot of respect and gratitude for what they do. I was once one of those that used to bash the police, but one day I sat down and I thought to myself, man, could I do what they do? Could I deal with what they have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis? And my response was, hell no. You don't need them until you need them. Then they're your friends, the men in blue. <laughs> well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response, and I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And wherever you are streaming or listening, hit that like and subscribe button so you can get notified when I drop these podcasts. Keep you in the loop. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought.